Hi, this is Doc Jones, the resource investor. Today I'm talking with Elaine Ellingham. She is the CEO of Oh My Gold, located in Guyana. They've just recently, as of today, released a resource update where they've increased their resource uh, to 4.3 million ounces. The open pit component of that is now over 2.4 million ounces at approximately an average of 1.8 grams per ton and the majority of which above 300 meters. Uh, it's a very nice deposit. And uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you all to Elaine. Great catching up. So, so uh, for people who don't know you, could, could, I, could you just let us know a little bit about your background and, and how, how you ended up where you are today? Right, sure. Well, that's, that's probably a, a book so I'll, or an encyclopedia, so I'll give you the short version. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I started off as an exploration geologist, and you know, I would say that, that my first and foremost passion is is exploration. There really is there is nothing like working on a great project and uh, and seeing drill core. And certainly at Winot, we see a pretty spectacular core. It's hard not to spend a lot of time down there. Um, but uh, like a lot of exploration geologists, uh, it's a very cyclical business. So I had to kind of recreate myself uh, every cycle, and I been in the business for almost 40 years so there's been a few cycles there so yeah so one downturn I got my master's in geology one downturn I got my MBA most downturns I ended up working for majors and during the robust times I worked for the juniors because that's where the the fun is I think they're uh juniors are very nimble and they you know really when you dig down they're the ones that really find the discovery they do the discoveries yeah um so yeah I mean I love working for the juniors I did Eight years working for the Toronto Stock Exchange, again, a downturn. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've sat on a lot of corporate boards and uh, started a couple companies. But, you know, when the opportunity arose to run OMI, you know, I knew a bit about it when it was in production. It was a huge mine. Yeah. Um, every, everybody knew about it. And, you know, I, I didn't really know what had happened to it. I guess it had got back into the hands of the government. And when it reemerged, I... I thought, wow, that's interesting. And so uh, uh, a good former colleague of mine, Renault Adams, ended up as chairman. And he, you know, he basically said, you want to join the board? And two months later, he said, you know, I think you should be running the company. So it's been an awesome experience. You know, it's uh, come together very quickly. And uh, of course, we're working a past producing mine um, that shut down when the gold price was under 400 bucks. So you kind of take a look and go, wow, you know, um, you know, and it, it has come together very quickly. I'd like to say that we're we're brilliant, but you know, it 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 was kind of a uh, pretty obvious, and uh, you know, it's really panned out. And that that's why we can keep our discovery costs so low. Yeah, yeah, that that that, that that's pretty awesome. So so the mine the mine's history. Um, it was a past producer. Uh, why why did it shut down? Because I'm sure some people say, well, if it was so great, why did someone stop mining it? Yep. Yep. For sure. Yeah. No, it was interesting because uh, it, it actually was the largest primary gold producer in South America when it's in production. And and I, I'm always amazed, like uh, it averaged over 300,000 ounces a year, but um, 2002 produced 356,000 ounces. So a, a huge mine. Um, but basically um, the gold price is under 400 bucks almost the whole time we were in production. And, yeah. and the worst case scenario, we they got into production and the gold price sagged quite a bit in there. If everybody remembers it, it operated from 1993 to 2005 and they were pretty lean years for, for gold. 
And so um, that worked against them. They actually were profitable every year. But um, the other thing is the company who was running it, they they were great mine builders, good operators. Uh, they got into a little bit of financial uh, situation with some copper hedging while they had acquired that big Roosevelt mine, which is only 200 miles east of Omai. Right. And so they were constructing that um, at a time where they were a bit of a credit crunch. And so basically they made the decision to move the Omai uh, mill, which was like a 20,000 ton per day mill over to Roosevelt. And so that was kind of the death knell. So the good part for us is that they didn't do any exploration at the end. It wasn't like it wasn't like they, you know, kept pursuing and pursuing. They basically knew that Roosevelt was. I don't know how large the Roosevelt resource was when they were building it, but but basically it was larger than what they 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 saw at the time at a four hundred dollar gold price at Omai. So so you know they basically. Uh, scavenged all the infrastructure from Omai, shipped it over to Roosevelt and shut down Omai. That, that, that's pretty fascinating. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess the advantages are then, um, you know, you, you've got a brownfield site, which still retains some of its infrastructure. The the tailings is potentially uh, already constructed and can be uh, expanded upon, which certainly cuts your capex on a, uh, if you know, you, you get to FID and you decide to, so you build this or someone buys you out and builds it, they, they've got a lot of um, uh, infrastructure already in, in place. And, and you have the known metallurgy too, which was excellent with very high recoveries. Um, so, yeah, so, so, so today's release, so she made the release today. So, so, you prior to this, the drill program you had, you were looking to expand the resource as well as as potentially come up with a uh, a high grade starter pit area uh, that would enhance the uh, economics and 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 the payback. Do you feel you were successful with that? How did that pan out so far? Oh yeah, absolutely successful. Um, a little bit beyond what we hoped for, even. So, um, basically, in the first year and a half, when we we were drilling, uh, you know. Uh, the flanks and long strike and underneath the pre past producing pit, it was clear that on the one end, the west end, just beyond the pit, there was some really nice mineralization. So, so in 2023, we decided, you know, we did our kind of preliminary internal studies and and realized, of course, that area is the logical place to start mining. And so we we really focused our drilling there, and um, every hole hit really nice mineralization a little bit like even exceeded the the mineralization we'd seen in that area previously and so um that's why um that that gave a real boost to it in fact most of that 600,000 ounces that we added i think pretty much 500,000 just under 500,000 are in that starter pit area or that area west of past producing pit really important because we are already in the in the stage where we're we're doing a, a PEA, preliminary economic assessment. Right. And as you know, when you do your discounted cash flow, um, it's those first two or three years that really, really uh, make the difference. And and in fact, it's it's true also when you're opening up a mine um, or any business for that matter, it's uh, it's those first couple of years that are the, the most risky. And so, yeah. you know, for a mine, if you've got, you know, robust near surface, good grade material, that's not going to just help your your PEA study. It's also going to help uh, de-risk the the mine. So, so yeah, no, we're we're tremendously ha happy with what uh, what came out of that. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, it, it was it was pretty awesome. There, there were some really nice uh, intersections there where, where uh, it looks like you'll be mining some some very very strong grade right from the top. And and because with with this deposit, the thing that I, I really appreciate about it as you've extended it, you've extended it uh, along strike, which means that you're, you're going to be able to have a high high mine rate uh, right from the get-go and maintain that for the first couple of years because the pit won't, well, could be very shallow compared to some others. Uh, and the fact that most of these ounces occur above uh, 300 meters uh, means they will likely all fall into the mine plan where some other mines where they have a resource that's extending below 500 meters, there is the question of whether or not those ounces will actually ever make it into a mine plan for an open pit scenario. Right. Um, right, which, which is which is really awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. And to the and to that point, I would just say that um, you know a lot of times I think you know there's a uh, and and it's true in, in a lot of cases that if you're at working around a past producing pit, people are thinking you're only getting your added resources at depth underneath it, and that's why I think it's in, important to understand that in that new resource, as you say, for Winot, it's about uh, 2.4 2.3 million ounces now um in that in that uh actually 70 percent are above 300 meters from surface and 87 percent are above 350 meters from surface so right. so that that kind of you know that's to clarify that yes there are resources below the pit but they're on the flanks and along strikes so um yeah a lot of a, a good percentage of that is is shallow yeah. in, in terms of open pit mining yeah yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be great. And and then and then you you have the other deposit, the uh, Gilt Creek, which is an underground. And, and that deposit is, you know, that that's another nice one from 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 my own experience. I look at this and I, I see this teardrop shaped deposit, a very compact underground deposit, which is pretty. The grade's pretty homogeneous. The distribution of mineralization is pretty homogeneous. So it's not like there's these large uh, uh, zones of waste rock. It, in there so uh and and because it's it, the the top of this that deposit is around 300 meters so ramp access doing a ramp is, is very feasible as opposed to having to sink a shaft and the advantages of the ramp is well, we talked about this before is is for one thing it's a lot more cost effective and another thing it enables you to move more tons per day to, to, to the mill as opposed to having having a shaft so it it the PA that you're doing, it's just going to focus on the open pit. Is that correct? Oh, I think I... Yeah. The P so I think I know. Um, we are uh, just going to be looking at uh, the Winot pit for that. And and basically, the reason we're going to do that, uh, there, there's several reasons. One, we believe that it alone um, is sufficiently robust to uh, to sustain a, an economic mine, mining scenario. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of expertise in open pit mining in Guyana. Like, and also remember when I was in production, it was a thousand employees and 90% of them came from uh, a, a town called Linden, which is about 60 kilometers away. And there's still a lot of people there that are extremely eager to be working at the mine again. So mm -hmm. open pit mining is going to be a no-brainer. Lots of skilled, relevant skilled labor in country, but mm. um, less uh, on the open pit mining. There is not a. There is some, but there hasn't been some. There hasn't been highly successful underground mining in Guyana, and so 
uh, I think the intelligent view uh, for this project is, you know, because we're not alone and the open bit would be sufficiently large yeah. um, to, to really start there. You keep your capex low, you run that for three or four years at least, and then you end up with a, a workforce that's, you know, things are humming along, you're presumably cash flow positive, and yeah. then you can train people on site and then put in the added capital it's going to take to do the underground development. Right. So in this PEA, we'll see, and and sorry, because that resource is just, you know, fresh today, um, I suspect we're probably looking with the Winod alone at, at probably a 12 to 14 year mine life. Okay. But what can happen is that underground, when you develop that, that's going to give you, that's going to take you up to that 20 plus year mine life. And so... Right. Um, you know, I, I think if we, it, and it's not really uh, practical to open a large open pit and an underground at the same time. So, yeah. so the other thing is, you know, we're still a junior. And so um, the cost of doing the PEA and include the, uh, the engineering that's going to re be required in a PEA for the underground probably doesn't make sense for us. Um, so, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I guess the other thing I would point out is this PEA is, um, you know, it, it's it's on a very sizable resource for sure yeah but what we also learned from our drilling in 2023 is you know we focused just at the one end and um we only did very very little drilling away from that west end but what it shows us is we understand the deposit and now when we start drilling there there are many areas along that two and a half kilometer strike uh, that that have not been drilled right. at all so you right. get so, with some satellite pits then and just and go from because what it sounds like if 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 the PA is going to contemplate a 12 to 14 year mine life, you're probably looking at a run rate of about 150, 175,000 ounces a year kind of thing. And but then you also you're not done expanding the the open pitable resource. So you could end up with 20 years just open pit and then you go underground for another decade. Like right. Yeah. But uh, the, there will be, like, it most likely would be one large super pit because the Winot deposit, or we've done enough drilling to see that it's uh, quite continuous along the full two, at least two kilometer strike length. Okay. And we also know that, like, I've met a couple of the engineers that used to work at OMI, and that's quite the treat because, you know, they, they actually work there and they, you know, they mine the deposit. And yeah. so, you know, conversations with them, they've, they've commented how, how continuous the mineralization was in that old pit. So yeah. that gives people comfort. I mean, that gives you a lot of comfort too. And it explains why our drilling is so successful. Yeah. You know, so you still I look forward to this year actually doing some more drilling of the zones um along that other uh part that you know that we've done fairly wide spacing and we haven't tested all the zones within that. So I think there's a lot of expansion potential. But this PEA, you know, it's a good it's a good opportunity to just you know, show the market, you know, what, what a mine plan looks like hmm. and what the, the base economics are going to look like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then ideally on the back of that, uh, assuming, you know, that it's very positive, then you should get a re-rate uh, uh, from, from this very, very low level. It's, you know, uh, of course, I, one of the reasons, a few of the reasons, one of the reasons why I came into investing in this company was his extremely low evaluation for a high quality re resource and a high quality team. Um, 
uh, yeah, because you're basically trading at the finding cost uh, of your ounces. Uh, and you get everything for free, all the additional upside, all the work, uh, you know, like it's, it, it's, it's crazy because your, your nearest uh, comp that I use is a reunion, which is a 450 million market cap resource. Uh, you know, their open pit is a little over 4 million ounces, but it goes down to, you know, 600 meters and uh, it's approximately about the same grade. So there's a big disconnect. Uh, so uh, I, I'm, I'm looking for that, that, that disconnect to close over the next year or two, uh, you know, as you continue to be successful. Um, well, we are too, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, uh, you know, definitely being in a past producer, there's, there's certain advantages, obviously the mill and things are gone. So you don't have that infrastructure, but you know, they, we have road access um, and we're about 165 kilometers from the capital city of Georgetown, but um, it's, you know, it it's much. They're actually it's paved halfway, but they there's a contract out to a Brazilian group uh, from the government's funding the hundred and sixty. And um, each time it. we drive down, more and more is paid. Oh, oh nice. sorry, oh, oh, is, the, the, my back. Yeah, yeah. I just lost you. Did you say one hundred and sixty? They're paving one hundred and sixty miles of road. Oh, no, it's. No, it's a contract for 160 million to pave. Oh. Um, I'm not sure how many kilometers that first part of the contract is, but um, so so by the end of this year, there's probably going to be paved road almost to our Omai Junction, and then it's oh, only wow. another uh, it's another eight kilometers to get into the property. So that's 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 amazing. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Yeah, there's yeah. so many merits here, and and. I, I I guess maybe the the disconnect uh, in, in people's mind is perhaps the jurisdiction, which I think is unjustified. It's you know uh, Guyana has a has a pretty decent rating uh, uh, as far as a mining jurisdiction. The rumbles from Venezuela I think are just just that. You know you've got those major oil discoveries and and uh, the U.S. government is very active as well as. Uh, the Europeans on on taking the stance that no, you're not going to annex part of this country, you know. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you know, that's that's a little silly, uh, in my opinion. Well, it's yeah. I mean, they're obviously taking it very seriously down here. Actually, yeah. I was in to see the I, I saw the president went in to see the president on Monday, and uh, I was feeling a little guilty taking his time because I think he's he. Uh, I think Biden had sent some advisors down to meet with him. So I wasn't sure I was going to get bumped, but no, we met. I think, I think I was the happy part of his day. So yeah. uh, everybody, everybody in Guyana loves Omai and remembers Omai. And, and of course, the only question we, we get front and center is how soon can you get this back into production? So, right. you know, no pressure, <laughs> but um, it it is unique to be in mining when the government is, is so enthusiastic about seeing large scale mines open. Yeah. And um yeah. Well well that's the thing. You you can you can build a mine in under two years here, permit it and build it. It's you know, like that that's the advantage compared to, you know, in in, in Canada where it could take you 10 years, you know, or other parts of the world, Australia, et cetera, you know. Uh um, so so that that's also another because you know, it's the the, the the time value of money, right? If if you have to put in you know, four or five hundred million not get a return for eight years. That's a different scenario. You need a different IRR uh, 
than something where it's a two-year commitment and then you start cash flowing, you know, um, which is, which is really right. exciting. Um, yeah, this is this is really exciting. So, what what are the, what, what are the plans in the immediate term after you know you have the PEA coming out? So, and you just raised some money, so so you're cashed up for the time being. How how do you intend tend to, to spend the money that you've raised? Yeah, so I mean, the PEA is, is obviously a bit of a, is a milestone. Um, this new resource, uh, obviously, we we take a look at that, but um, I think. The priority should be, and and we're aiming to to really do uh, a lot of drilling in the main part of Winnot, the east extension of Winnot this year, yeah. because it, we've just proven to ourselves, one, we understand the deposit well. We can put in a relatively small number of holes, and and uh, we we do we do understand the deposit. So I I think we can continue with the same level of success we had this year, mm -hmm. um, and extend that along the pit and to the east end. Um, so that, that I think is important. I, I mean, I, I always set targets for myself, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd like to see we not grow to 3 million ounces. Right. And, yeah. you know, we added almost 600,000 ounces this year to it. And, and so we'll probably set a similar target for ourselves this year. There, there is another thing is there are expiration targets on the property. Yeah. Um, and there's some fairly interesting ones, but. You know, it's it's been a it's been a tough slog for junior companies, and so we've been spending our money, you know, very very frugally and very focused uh, on, you know, optimizing results. So, um, what you know, there are some high grade targets that aren't very far from Winot, and would be very close to where the ultimate mill mill would be as well. And yeah. so we have put a couple holes in them, and you know, there's one target that you know consistently runs six eight grams comes to surface, there's another area that runs like 15 grams plus. So I think we need to, you know, do a little bit of work on those again, because, you know, they aren't going to be a million ounces. Yeah. But the reality is they would be the early years of the mining. And again, that that really creates success for, for a mine in the first few years. So we're going to pursue some of those. And then there's a few other uh, larger targets. We did a little bit of IP last year. And shockingly, that was the first time IP had ever been done at Omai. Oh, wow. So we, yeah, we've got the results. Like we did really some test lines over some areas where I, you know, I thought it would have some benefit. So we've got a couple anomalies. So we'll, we're going to uh, drill those and, and see what the IP is showing. But if it works, then we're obviously going to extend IP over, the, over other areas. That's great. So, uh, by the so, way, what, what's your drilling cost looking like uh, nowadays? Just to get an idea of, of what kind of runway you have with the cash that you've raised. Yeah, we actually use a Guyanese drill company, and uh, they were the production drillers in the day, and I think oh, they're really? hoping to be the production drillers again. So, so yeah, they're good guys, and uh, so they're about one hundred twenty-five a meter, which oh, is wow. which is good. That, that's um, yeah. So. So I, I think the uh, all-in cost, is, you know, when you add the geologists and assaying yeah. things like that, it's it's probably two hundred, two twenty-five. Yeah, that's 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 very competitive. That's great. So, yeah, I mean, the one interesting thing about Omai is I, I don't know if you saw, but some of the holes last year, like we had, you know, three hundred meters where you know we hit visible gold across three hundred meters and mineralization, like we had one interval that was like two point two three or two. To eight over seventy meters, and yeah. so there is a there, and and all we always hit multiple gold zones. So there's a lot of assaying, yeah. And so assaying costs, uh, you know, 
there, there are there are good good percentage of what your drill costs are shockingly enough but but an obviously an essential part of the business so yes and and, and a champagne problem i'm sorry we had to spend yes. so money on assays because we have hundreds of meters of gold metallization you know <laughs> i wasn't really complaining it's just it yeah, is a cost and yes yeah I, I, it has I mean, a return yeah it has a good return yeah and and you know just how much time do we have? We've got about eight minutes left before Zoom kicks me off. Just, just it just came to mind because you're talking about the the long intervals of, of mineralization uh, and uh, just looking at the um, uh, the resource table. And another thing that impressed me about this and uh, is that if you take the cutoff grades currently and you move them up 30, 40, 50, 100 percent, you're not losing a lot of ounces uh, compared to the elevation of the cutoff grade and it still maintains its integrity whereas the grade that you'll be mining is at least 2x of the cutoff grade regardless of how you move that cutoff grade uh like at guild creek you could raise the uh the cutoff grade 66 percent and and you only lose about 15 percent of the ounces something like that which which speaks really well of of, of the quality of the deposit because sometimes these things as you know like there's they they fall apart if if if, if the cutoff moves even even at uh, 10 20 percent so 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 that that's really nice that's really nice too you know I keep on looking right. for reason not to like the company but you know everything just is falling in place so yeah. I, like it's just just patience at this point you know um, yeah so yeah I was just gonna so I I did quite a bit of evaluation work for for banks over over the years and a yeah. lot of due diligence of, of projects and uh, I always did those graphs because it's uh, it's always telling you know a deposit looks great but as you say then you start looking what happens when you raise the cutoff a little bit and some of them just fall right off the map and it's yeah. like you know you know they can't weather the storm because you know like every business mining is challenging and you know you you just want to make sure that you're bolstering the economics from every perspective so that uh, you can expect the unexpected yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's great. That's great. Yeah, and, and yeah. You, have, you have all those targets too, which is interesting later on down the, down the line. You know, it's uh, yeah. So, so well, what? Yeah. In a perfect world, uh, Elaine, you know, you you finish the delineation here. You you push this to uh, millions and millions of ounces in an open pit. Do you want to build it, or are you are you willing at some point to bring in a strategic partner or JV or? An, outright sale like what what is what is your well um i mean i guess you know to be overly simplistic i mean my goal is to make money for the shareholders and to get the best valuation from my shareholders possible and it sounds a little bit trite but it, it's true i'm a shareholder yeah. um i keep buying more shares as well um yeah no so i, I think uh the good thing about these projects is to me the trajectory and the plans and the steps you take are the same um, whether or not you're going to build it yourself or whether somebody acquires it to build it. Okay. Uh, you essentially want to de-risk the project in any way you can. Right, right. And, and, you know, whether that's, you know, advancing permitting, you know, getting some baseline studies going, expanding the resource, you know, focusing on getting um, high grade in the early years. Uh, it's all the same. So, you know, if we, you know, if we become sufficiently attractive that we're acquired, I'm just hoping that you know, there's a bidding war for us so that our shareholders do really well. Yeah. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, if we have to keep advancing it, um, 
I am not a mind developer, but I have, you know, I've actually uh, been in touch and got to know two two fellows who, you know, were engineers, uh, mining engineers at Omai in the old days. And, yeah. you know, they both moved on to do spectacular things in their careers. And they're both like, yeah, well, this is exciting. And they always say, oh, my, was one of the best projects they ever worked on. And they loved living in Guyana. So, you know, so, I mean, there are, there, there is talent, relevant talent that, yeah. that is there. Um, I, I always say, I don't, I don't, as a shareholder, I don't want management doing things they've never done before. So yeah. I don't think you want me developing mine, but um, I know people who could step in and we could change the management team and, and uh and do it effectively but uh i i think our more likely path is you know we're we're at uh 4.3 million ounces and you know every mid-tier major company they're you know they can't really grow through organic uh you right. know organic discoveries themselves they pretty much have to grow through acquisitions so yeah you know if, if this was a canadian asset we would be on the radar by the time we had 800,000 ounces or a million ounces. But, right. you know, when you're a different jurisdiction that somebody has to enter for the first time, they're yeah. not going to go into a new jurisdiction without a, a big, big prize there and, a, and a, you know, a 20 plus year mine life in, mm -hmm. in, in their in their sites. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a good year and the markets have not been kind to junior miners, uh, junior exploration companies, but, sure. you know, we, we've kept plowing forward. So, yeah, I, I was impressed on, on how prudent you've been with your capital and getting what getting uh, all, all these things done at minimal cost and adding ounces at, at, at a, a really impressive low level, you know, like $5 an ounce. That's, and, and these are high quality ounces, you know, like you're looking, you know, anytime you see open pit uh, uh, ounces that are, you know, one and a half, two grams uh, above 300 meters, that's that, you know, that, that makes a lot of money, you know, just, yeah. Just yeah. Like, well, it's like 20 bucks. Right. And especially with recoveries in, in the nineties, you know, like that's, that, that that's fantastic. Well, it, it, it's a fun project and, you know, I, I find the business is odd and, you know, <clears throat> I was involved with Richmond um, early on and mm. it was an unloved, uh, Island Gold was an unloved asset and um, that's a 5 million ounces at over 10 grams today. And so, yeah. you know, in mining, you always have to keep an open mind and sometimes people get it, you know, people don't see it and you have to prove it. And that's fine. If we have to prove it again, we'll, I think we're we're on the road to proving it, right? Yeah, yeah, you are for sure. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up here before sure. they cut us off. Uh, I'll just say that uh, it, it's been a real pleasure, and uh, I I really love uh, the fact that you're not only a geologist but you have an MBA, so you you understand capital markets as well as as mining, which is a great asset to have a CEO uh, with mm -hmm. that kind of uh, uh, competency. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be watching. I was gonna say. I, it, the, the MBA is okay, but I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I've owned junior mining stocks since I was about 21 years old. So I know <laughs> the, the joys of victory and the, the woes of failure. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. It's a very risky business, but uh, yeah, yes. yeah. And anyway, we'll, uh, we'll catch up again in, in a few months. Uh, you know, I'm a, a large shareholder at this point and, and I'm, you know, Cheer. I'm on the sidelines uh, looking forward 
uh, to to how this grows in the future. I think you've done a fan, fantastic job over. Uh, in Great, the thank life. you so much. Yep, and uh, thank you. So, uh, and everyone listening, have a great day. Yep, take, take care, bye.